Iron Jungle podcast is raw, it's real, it has zero gimmicks, zero bullshit, and absolutely zero fucks to give. Welcome to the Iron Jungle. This is real, no bullshit, no holds barred, wide fucking open podcast. We've been at this far too long to be fucking around. This is the jungle. Where anything goes, no holds barred. We're going to be talking about the real shit. How to succeed in a world where you have goals, but there's so much misinformation and bullshit trying to sell you something. This is the informative podcast. And there's no holds barred in the jungle. The question is, are you ready? Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the iron jungle. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. To the jungle episode two, the vanilla gorilla Drew Peters from. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be like the dude from boxing and introduce you to the podcast. And I don't know you're Nebraska. He's a corn husker. Exactly. Yeah, that's introducing. Right. Introducing from Nebraska, corn fed, born and raised, the vanilla gorilla Drew Peters. Myself, the American Lion, Ryan Buck. I back at you episode two. We hope you guys enjoyed episode one. If you didn't check it out, go back and check that out. It's on iTunes, YouTube. It'll eventually be here on Spotify as well. Great topic this week. A topic that's relevant to a lot of people, Drew. And in, in episode one, we talked about social media. That's relevant to a lot of people. But everybody wants to compete, Drew, but nobody wants to do the fucking work, right? You've already, you'll hear people, like Floyd Mayweather, I think, said something like that. Like, everybody wants to be famous and rich, but nobody wants to put in the work. Same thing with competing. I have friends, and I'm sure you do too, that always talk about, maybe I'll compete. I want to compete. It looks like I compete. I could, I could compete, and I know I can beat the jabronis on stage. But they don't want to put the work in. So, And you've competed. I haven't. And people tell me, Drew, like, I don't have the single fucking right to talk about competing because I never stepped foot on stage. Okay, well, I know somebody that has several times. His name's Drew Peters. Drew, why do you compete? <laughs> well, it all takes a spark, man. I mean, growing up my whole life playing sports, I've always liked having something to work toward. And everybody, you know, of course, I love lifting. Even in college, I go, oh, well, people starting to pop up. Competing got really, really popular. And I finally made the leap. I was, hey, fuck it, okay? I'm done with grad school. I have everything done. I have no excuse anymore. So now I'm actually doing it. So you get into prep, you know, you set your sights on that first show. And the main thing for me is at least I truly love it because I generally love competition day. I love the posing and I'm, I'm pretty decent at bodybuilding. I have, I have the build for it. So to me, I found passionate how they said living a lifestyle, having the goal, moving toward, um, competing. You know, I was dealt a good hand in terms of my build. Like I have a body that's good for bodybuilding. So to me, it makes sense. I love having a goal and it comes naturally. It's just like, I like looking good. I like what goes into it. Plus, you know, I think um, just my knowledge, I have a good base for it. But the thing too, is you hit the nail right on the head. A lot of times people, I think if you were to ask them, the reason is why do you compete? It's always a very interesting question you see. So first and foremost, I mean, I can guarantee you've seen this a lot. You know, people are like, oh, might do a show. You hear people talking about, oh, when I compete, da, da, da. And it seems like people are always full of just talk. Yeah. At the end of the day, the thing you need to ask yourself, and this will just kick off the podcast here, step number one, what truly is it that makes you want to compete? Right. Do you generally want to compete on stage because you're interested in the sport? Do you want it for validation? Like, oh, I've done a show. Uh, do you want it to get like a possible pro card? You're setting that site. So that's a whole nother topic. But what do you, what actually is your rationale for wanting to compete? And now I'll kick it off with you. What, what's the kind of stuff that you hear when it comes to that? A lot of times it's like, I just want to say I did it. You know, I, I, I had a friend that did it. They said the process was cool. Um, I went and watched my buddy do it. 
I can do that. I love bodybuilding, so it's a natural fit for me. Uh, things like that. Is, I mean, I've heard people also say because I love it. Like I, I know plenty of people who compete because they absolutely just love the sport of bodybuilding. Like for me, for instance, if I'm going to compete, I'm going to do it because I truly love the sport of bodybuilding, and I also want to fucking win. I don't want to half-ass it and get up there and just say, yay, I'm validated now. I did a show. People can listen to me. Fuck that. If I'm not taking first place, I'm not interested in doing it. But I love bodybuilding. So, But primarily the biggest thing that I hear people say, and it's just the casual term of, to say I did something. It's been a goal of mine or been a, a, a dream of mine to step on stage and do it. Okay, but that's probably the biggest reason that I've heard people say around my close circle of groups up here in Minnesota anyway. Yeah, and that, that flat hits the nail on the head. The other one I get too is for some reason people get so pigeonholed and needing something to hold them accountable that it turns into, oh, I'm going to compete. And then mm-hmm. you realize it. Like I actually, um, real life, um, girl I knew may or may not be an ex. Like the whole reason she got into competing in bikini. But then the issue was the whole reason behind her head is, oh, so I don't get fat. So right. she would do competition preps, just get in shape, force herself to do a comp prep just to get lean. She had a horrible eating disorder, which we'll go into beyond that. But beyond um, things like that is that people just like they have it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you first and foremost, and they'll kind of lead into like the health issues. If you have disordered eating or a bad relationship with food, a competition prep is not going to be your friend. It is going to amplify that to the max because it does take a certain mental state to actually compete. So that's first and foremost one thing people need to consider is exactly what's your rationale behind it. Are you doing it just because you think there's no other way to get lean? Um, Because I'll tell you right first and foremost – a contest prep, if done correctly, is not a fucking walk in the park. It is not a casual, oh, I'm going to do a show. Because in my opinion, if you're doing it, like you said, you do it to fucking win. You do it to be the best version of you. And at the end of the day, you may not win. There's no guarantee of winning. Right. Like, to me, I worry about myself. I worry about bringing the best fucking version of me. Do I want to fucking win? Hell yeah. You don't put yourself through 20 plus weeks of the shit just to step on stage, just step on stage. You want to look mm-hmm. amazing. You want to look like you did the work. I always reward people for suffering in terms of coming in condition. Because people never realize it's not just a matter of dieting and cardio and training. It's the posing. And it's putting yourself through calculated hell for 20-plus weeks, okay? You learn to love it. Maybe I'm a masochist. Um, hey, not getting that special, you know, secret part of your life. But it's in terms of what you truly want to do and why you're doing it. And I'll say, Drew, that I was going to say, too, like – I'm crazy you know, behind why you really want to compete. If I swear to God, I see people on social media just fucking suffer in silence. Right. Let the competition stage – be your voice. Work in the dark, shine in the light of the stage. If you see people on their fucking Facebook, Instagram, their stories, yeah, competition prep, cardio again, oh my God, or oh, all the bad food I can't eat. Da, da, da. Nobody's holding the fucking gun to your head and right. telling that you have to fucking prep, okay? That drives me fucking crazy. This is something you choose to do. You choose to take part in this. Nut up or shut up. Right. Or ladies, strap your tits up or don't fucking do it because at the end of the day, it's not for the weak of heart. I take pride in it personally to me at least. Maybe I'm an egotistical fuck, but 95%, maybe higher, and yeah. people in the world can't do a contest prep the proper way. And you know, there's a difference between like, – this is not a knock. The conditioning needed for bodybuilding compared to like classics up there too compared to men's physique mm-hmm. – or for like women's physique or my fiance keeps in figure is no fucking joke. No. Like it's it's pushing your body to a limit to get to that lean to be competitive. Bikini is, is a different story. That's kind of created for people that just kind of would get on stage. There's some really legit competing bikini competitors out there, but the vast majority of our local shows they shouldn't be on fucking stage. I don't. There's gonna be some people fucking pissed about that, but at the end of the day, it's not about just getting on stage. It's 
it's kind of a joke. And I guess that segues into the next topic I'm going to talk about before we talk about some drawbacks. This isn't a fucking competition, like a, you know, just a participation sport. Like, that's something you probably struggle too, right, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought that up too. It's, I mean, but lately it seems like it is. <laughs> and yeah. to some degree, if you've seen some of the shows lately, and to your point on that bikini conversation, I mean, to them it seems like a participation sport because you said some of them shouldn't be on stage. That's just a fact. There are people that step on stage that, no offense, they shouldn't be on there. They need another 20 weeks of prep to be, to be ready to step on stage. Uh, I want to touch on this, too. Like, it's funny. It's not a participation sport. And Mark Lobeyer said it one time he, in terms of he called bodybuilding a beauty pageant. I don't know if you've heard this. but And I talked to some close friends, too. I think the process of bodybuilding for a show is like the sport, the grind, the hours, and, and all the time you put into the gym and prepping the food. The day of the show, maybe a little bit more beauty pageantry to it. But it's, I mean... You can't just, unfortunately, to some people, you can just pay for your NPC card, which we'll talk about all the costs and stuff in a little bit, and show up and looking like shit. Technically, it's a participation sport to them, but for those of us who take pride in the sport of bodybuilding and people like you who actually compete, I mean, it's, it's a slap in the face when you don't give it your all and bring the best version of yourself to stage. Yeah, to me, I mean, I, I'm not, I wouldn't let myself or a client get on the stage looking like a fucking potato. Mm-hmm. People have lovingly embraced my term for that. Like, hey, do you look like a fucking potato? Like, it's just you visualize like a brown tan potato with lumps and a bunch of shit. It strikes you and sticks. You're that? I'm like, you look like a fucking mauled by a bag of Cheetos. You look like <laughs> shit. Or look like fucking burnt biscuits, okay? Yeah. So if that's, that's, your, that's your MO, you might as well just get a spray tan, step on stage, and not do a goddamn thing. But the problem with this is that I understand that some people get this mindset, and I know I'm going to knock a lot of people. This isn't meant to be a knock. It's a, just a reality check. I see a lot of people that were purposely – or not purposely, but like um, <coughs> yeah, purposely dieting, and they were considerably overweight. And to them, an end goal gets put in their head that, oh, to show everybody I lost all this weight, I'm competing bikini, or I'm going to compete in men's physique. And I know a few people that probably can listen to this podcast. That's fucking awesome. You lost all the weight. You made a lifestyle change. Yeah. But then again, is like you don't have to get on stage to validate that, in my opinion. Do a photo shoot. Yeah, do a photo shoot. Do you embrace people um, you know, with their compliments? You know, Share your story. That's a hugely inspirational thing. And that's kind of badass that you went through all that adversity and got on stage. But at the end of the day, you are paying people. And people are paying to come and see you to be judged on stage. I don't give a – here's the thing. People need to remind, remember this too, is people when they do a show, they get fucking pissed. They don't place how they thought they should. Like, mm-hmm. I, I dieted for 24 weeks. I did cardio for an hour and a half a day. I ate one cheat meal. I trained hard. And I paid all this money. You know what? Nobody gives a fuck because yeah. at the end of the day, it's a competition, okay? They're going to reward the person on stage that looks the fucking best that day, that posed the best, best conditioning. They don't care about behind the scenes. Good for them. How do you know what the person next to you did through their prep? Mm-hmm. You know, you see people that, and this pisses me off too, or it annoys me. It's like, yeah, six weeks out, eating 300 grams of carbs a day, still losing weight, doing 10 minutes of cardio, sleeping. <laughs> it's like, okay, good. You're, you're glorifying, you know, how easy it is for you. And I can almost guarantee you 90% of the time they're full of shit because yeah. they're making it seem like, oh, I'm a special. Yeah, you're especially fucking annoying. You're not you know, validate thing. And TSR too, I'll flat out say this. A lot of people I've seen do that come show day. They don't fucking place <laughs> and it shows, Hey, maybe you should have done some cardio. Maybe yep. you should have had less carbs. You should have quit pussyfooting around, suffered, died it down and put it into work. You know, one thing that I will say, and it's a good comparison to yes, anybody can compete. You have to buy an NPC card, pay your entry fee. You could you could step on stage in theory without even prepping. If you decide, hey, I'm airing this show on Saturday, you don't need to get a spray tan. You can get on stage as long as you're wearing a mandatory suit, 
not even diet, and mm-hmm. you look like an asshole, but you technically can. Yeah. Obviously, you don't. It isn't about your feelings. It's just about making the cut. And just because it's a free-to-enter contest, put it this way. Um, no, Ryan, you're going to fucking punch me for this. How tall are you? Five, seven, three quarters on a good day. How much do you weigh? Right now, 205. Uh-huh. What's your favorite football team? San Francisco 49ers. Okay. So let's be fucking realistic. <laughs> yeah. You're a pretty big dude. Yeah. You may have a decent arm. But you don't have the fucking genetic makeup to play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. No. You're probably better than Colin Kaepernick because he fucking blowed. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you don't have the genetic makeup. And that's the reality of it. I yeah. was blessed with a wide bone structure, a decent height. I put on muscle for easy and I have my strengths. You know, yeah. I look like a bodybuilder. It's a strength of mine. Say my fiance, she has a fucking crazy build as well. At the end of the day, if you're not dealt that genetic deck, if you really have like a wide waist, you have narrow clavicles, a narrow frame – it may not be the sport for you. Right. You can look fucking amazing and be an inspiration and a whatever you want to be and look, look great, but you're on stage with these fucking monsters. It's, it's a, not, it's a different animal. Mm-hmm. So. It re- yeah, I mean, it really is. The one thing to combat that maybe a little bit, right, is like the different groups that you get put into. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be a shoe in the place either, but yeah. And I've heard good coaches, can you outwork bad genetics? Yeah, you can. But you have to work real fucking hard, like real, real hard. Because the guy with genetics, he can half-ass it sometimes and still beat you, and that's just the way it is. But at the same time, if they don't have the want to, somebody with a genetic makeup, like like Drew says, he was gifted with with nice bone structure, has a build of a bodybuilder. If Drew half-asses it, somebody that doesn't have a genetic superior body could beat Drew, but Drew doesn't have that mindset to go up there and half-ass anything. So it's not to say that like, if you aren't given the cards and you aren't given the genetics, you can't do it. It's just exponentially very difficult to do it and do it successfully. And that's true. At the same time, I'm very, I'm very realistic. People are like, Oh, what are you going pro? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, have you seen the guys that win an overall to show, let alone go to nationals? Yeah, they all look amazing. Yeah. You know, I do well at a local level. I've, I've come within an eyelash of winning a few overalls, but I'm not there yet. In my opinion, I'm not going to, Oh, if I qualify, you have to place basically top two at a mm-hmm. national qualifier show. Great. I don't want to spend the money to go to nationals, get like fucking fifth call outs because I realize I'm not where I want to be right. to be competitive at that national level. I'm not there yet. You may look at my pictures. Holy shit, you look great. I'm like, well, thank you. But I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. And that's come for somebody that's done. I've done seven shows now, seven. And I get better with each show and that should be the goal. Maybe someday I'll take that step. Great. But you, you made a good then, point, Drew. I just want to touch it. I mean, in isolation, people can look great and, and they do. They do look great. But when you're put up there against the Macedons of the business, you still look good. You just don't look as good as the other people. So to Drew's point, there's a lot of people who will play second or first in an NPC national qualifier, go to Miami, go to Pittsburgh, whatever it might be, step on stage and be humbled real fucking quick. And it's just the way it is. Just because you won a small show in Iowa does not mean you can step on stage in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and, and place or get top call. It's, it's just a whole different animal going against a bunch of people with different coaches and different genetic makeups. And, and not to say don't do that. If your goal is to like compete nationally, Cool, but I am in the same mindset as Drew. I don't want to pay all that money, travel all that distance, step on stage, and, and be embarrassed. I mean, because to me, no offense, like fifth call outs is it's okay, made it, but that's not what I want to do. I want to be yeah. center stage, first, like first call outs. That's where I, what I want to do. And if anything less than that, and if I don't feel like I'm there, I'm going to stay home that year until I get my shit right. <laughs> you muted your mic, Drew. You muted your mic. 
I there know he I had a, He's my, my German Shepherd likes to be famous as well. Yeah. So <laughs> you can hear probably some clicking in the background. Good for him. I'm going to call some people out fucking nasty. And this is always fucking happens every year. If you ask somebody, hey, how, how'd you go this weekend? Oh, I got second or I got third. Right. How do people in your class? They get quiet for a second and they say like <laughs> second. Three, two, three. <laughs> so right. crap, you got, you got two out of you got second out of three people. Good job. And then you always want to see the guy next to him. But you know, it's like, hey, I ended up getting fifth. Oh, how many people in your class? Oh, 17. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's all about perspective. But I'm telling you, be realistic here. If you win, oh man, I won my class and I got second in the overall. Okay, how many how many guys were in your show? Okay, you had four people in your class, you won your class, and in the overall, like, okay, it wasn't that tough of a show versus you go up and you have legitimate you use a measuring stick if you got third then a class is like stacked i mean for example sake i did the texas state championships last november mm-hmm. that's the only show i haven't placed at and the guy in my class is like i think he went to nationals placed in the top four the guy that won the overall was a super heavy he looked fucking ridiculous he was first call outs at npc nationals Another guy who I think competed in nationals. Like, it was a very stacked lineup. I was humbling. You know what? I looked really good. In my points, the best I'd looked for a show. It wasn't good enough. Come a month later, I did the uh, Texas Championships. I did some damage. I ended up getting third in the open and light heavies. I could have seen winning that show. Who's seen getting second? It's all in the judges' hands. I loved how I looked. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what the judge is looking for. Yeah. So be fucking humble, okay? If you're winning an overall for a show, you probably you probably look pretty good. Okay, be realistic. Look around you. Did you win because nobody else showed up that day? Mm-hmm. Did you win? Did you truly amazing? You need that self awareness of how you actually look. Right. Okay. So if you go to a big show like say a Europa or something like that and you place well, you're probably going to do pretty fucking good in nationals. Mm-hmm. But if you're at this little show with like four bodybuilders in your class, unless there's four fucking freaks, you know that's not always. There's exceptions to the rule. That could, um, you know, play a different part, but be realistic because the last thing you want to do is look like an ass. And just because you're nasty qualified doesn't mean you should go to nationals. Right. Uh, point two, Drew and I are touching on basically, we want to get on stage unless we take first place, but we want to win it. There are those people who actually put in the time, they work hard, they get on stage and they might take third. In my opinion, if you are putting in the work and you're trying hard and you're taking this shit for real and for serious, like regardless of where you place, you've already won. Like you've done the process, you've done the work, you've done the commitment, you respect the sport of bodybuilding. Just because you didn't take first doesn't mean you're a loser, doesn't mean you're the second place. Like you did something special. This shit's not for everybody. And I'm speaking from a point of view in which I've never done this. I am going to do this, but I know like I've had friends who've done this and, and that's been the encouragement. Like I've seen the process. I've seen how hard they worked. I've been with them in the gym, in the restaurants, bringing their own baggies, Ziploc baggies of food because they can't enjoy food with the rest of us. Go up there and take second or third. Doesn't matter. You worked your ass off. You're still a winner in my book and in the eyes of people around you who know what you've gone through. But if you're going to be the one to half-ass it and just do a participation trophy award, then you're not a winner. Then what you did is you just made a joke of yourself and everybody that, that, that believed in you because that's just that's disgraceful in my opinion. I mean, I'll be a dickhead when I say this, and I'm, I'm going to shoot you down just a touch there. This ain't no sunshine or rainbow show. Oh, that's great. You did your best. Yeah, but sometimes, even if you do your best, you diet correctly, sometimes this is not in the fucking cards. Yeah. It depends. I have a few guys, and they're super hard fucking working. They're just not there yet. You know, they're, they're guys that started like 130, 140 pounds, and they've gotten put on tons of work in the last two, three years, or up to 175, 180. 
eventually, the thing is too, when you diet them down, they're going to be in the 150s, 160s. They still need more time. Accruing muscle takes time. Being a pet at the national level takes time. You know, no matter what you do, no matter how many drugs you take, no matter how magical of a coach you have, that's another point. It doesn't matter if you have a coach that turns all the people into pros. There's no such thing as a fucking magic coach. That does not guarantee you winning the show, does not guarantee you turning pro. You still have to put the work in. Your coach is not doing the work for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too, it annoys me to death. My clients are awesome. Word of mouth is how I get people. But at the same time, it, it, it isn't me being an amazing fucking coach. At the end of the day, I know a lot of people will be first to tell you this. I'm giving you the tools. I'm giving you the plan to do what you need to do, support you in every way I can. But that doesn't mean a goddamn thing unless you take that plan and you execute it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I keep you accountable. I give you the variables. I control what I can. Right. But you have to do the training. You have to do your cardio. You have to stick to your diet. Yes. If you do all those things, then you do everything in your possible power to make it happen. You'll have the best chance for success. This annoying coach is like, I turned this guy pro. I did <laughs> this. Well, okay, good for you. It's just annoying when – this dipshit the other day, you know, goes online in our in our fitness informant forum, and it's Ooh. like I trained over that. I'm like, so you have 42 clients a month. That's some impressive numbers, and you break it down that way. 300 people this last year. Okay, sure, wow. But um, there's a big, huge fucking difference between fat loss and weight loss, and actually coaching them. You gave them a diet, sent them on their way. They lost some weight, good. But that doesn't mean jack shit. Right. It's sustained success. So now I'm getting a little tangent here. So let's get back to the topic. But the thing is, too, is um, I've seen a few people going in the show and they're posting like two weeks out. I'm like, no, more like eight weeks out if you're lucky. Well, good job. You went in, you locked, you, you locked down last place. Good job. Fuck. I hate to do that to a fellow competitor, but come on. If you're not ready, don't get on fucking stage. Yeah. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. You make yourself look like an ass and quite frankly, your coach look like an ass. Right. You, you mentioned a term there, too, that, that we haven't hit on yet, but money. Uh, yep. I, I think people see somebody on stage and like for, for men's physique, for instance, like they're wearing border shorts. It's like, okay, that, that can't be too expensive. Get a, get a pair of Quicksilver border shorts from PacSun, get up on stage, don't have to work my legs out and call it a day. Well, there's a lot of costs that go into this, like female side too. Like those suits are expensive as shit. Um, but there's just like if you do an NPC, there's the cost for an NPC registration, which is good for a year, which I think is like 200 bucks now. I can't remember exactly what it is. There's a cost per show. There's a cost for supplements. There's a cost for coach. There's a cost for diet. Like Drew, in your experience – to do well at a show with a 16-week prep or whatever you want to do, what's the cost? Like the monetary cost, out-of-pocket expense to do that? It's going to be a hard number to lock down specifically, but I'll take one step back from that. If you compete, you're going to fucking lose money. You're yeah. going to be in the red. You're not Even if you win a show, you're not going to win any of that back in prize money. That's the thing. You're At the end of the day... You're doing all this prep, all this work for a chance at a fucking plastic trophy with an overall maybe a sword or a belt. Okay, yeah. You're not doing it for winning that much show. If it turns into something, which we'll talk about in another episode, it's be exciting. Using it as part of a business plan to further market yourself, that's great. And then the sponsorships may come. But nobody that competes is doing that to actually make money. If you're doing it, you're fucking delusional. Right. With exactly what you're saying. First and foremost, this is like the show day costs, okay? For a year, you have to get an NPC card. That's good from January 1st to December 31st. Right. No matter what date you get it. You get it on December 28th, three that days. card expires in three days. Yep. It doesn't fucking matter. It's not a calendar year from when you buy it. It's for that calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I checked, that's $125. $125, okay? okay? If you're looking to enter a show, typically per class, you're looking at anywhere from $75 to $125 per class. Mm-hmm. For me, I did um, – 
like let's say last year I did open weight, open bodybuilding. And then, um, actually two years ago, I said open last year, but if you do like say men's classic physique and open bodybuilding, that's two classes. Say you do novice classic physique or whatever. Cause that's the first time I did not uh, classic physique. Yep. That's three classes. Sometimes you get like a discount if you do like three classes, right? Yeah. The more chances to get your toe in the water, that's a whole nother thing. Like understand there's novice and open novice is meant for people that have never competed before. They haven't won a class. Right. And you can be, and you can, you can, you can compete novice up until you finish in the top two or three, right? Once you finish in the top two or three, you're done. Technically, if you can still enter novice, but if the judges recognize you, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Like, okay. good, you, you beat a bunch of people that never competed before because you impose better. Good job. <laughs> sure. But if you go in and technically if you win, win your a novice class, you're not considered a novice anymore. Just go to the open. I mean, yeah. what what? Are, and it's, especially this is an amazing too. Yeah, I'm gonna get my pro card. So you're telling me you're just padding yourself with extra trophies and medals in the fucking novice class, and you're trying to get a pro card? Get the fuck out of here. Like, right. what does that have to do with anything? Me, I just do open these days. Okay. Uh, if I cut off a leg, I might be able to compete in classic physique again. But mm-hmm. well, <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game. So like I said, too, you have your class entries. You're looking at a spray tan. To be, you want? You, I mean, here's the thing. So you need to have a correct tan. I can't understate this enough because otherwise you wash out on stage. You have yep. no lines. You can't just – somebody can put on a self-tanner. It's not going to be as good in my opinion. So basically you're looking at about 150 bucks for a spray tan. They get tanned the night before the show. They touch up in the morning. They do the glaze. They take care of you. If you need anything fixed, you're paying for their service for that day. Right. Okay. 150 bucks right there. So say we're rounding everything off. 125, 125, 150. That's just for one show. Okay. Yeah. Posing trunks for a guy. I mean, look anywhere, depending on how expensive, like maybe 40, 50 bucks. That's not a, not a big deal. Going into that show, the expensive part, and yes, I'm going to flat out say this if you're a dude, um, typically bodybuilding is more expensive than men's physique. The amount of gear, um, as in drugs, goes to show that ain't fucking cheap. All the food along the way, I, I, got, I would shudder. I, I, need, I don't need to see on my bank account how much fucking food I buy in groceries. They have a coach, pens. I mean, I've seen as low as 120 all the way up to some coaches are $300 a month. Right. Okay. 300 for a, say, you know, four months of the prep. That's, you know, 12 years right there. There, do your easy math. So both, it's it's yeah. not going to be cheap, okay? So that's just investing in your time for just to, just to go there. Nationals, you're probably talking thousands of dollars. If you have to travel somewhere, so have a local show, plane ticket, hotel. Um, if you're one of those smucks that go backstage, it's like, hey, we'll send you your show pictures. So you can go on NPC News online after the show with a watermark. Hey, you probably spend 120 bucks there. It isn't cheap. Ladies, they probably spend less money. I'm going to be very blunt about this. Less money in terms of drugs right. and food. But then you're talking about like a figure suit, posing suit. Those can range anywhere from 200 up to thousands of dollars right. in a handmade suit. Hair for the, for the show, day of the show, a couple hundred Makeup. bucks. Makeup, probably another hundred. Spray tan, same thing. Entry fees, NPC card, all that stuff. So it depends. Guys spend more money typically going up to the show. Ladies spend more money on show day. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the breakdown of it. Yeah. Competing is not cheap. If you think you're going to make money at competing, unless you go pro at a very high level, it ain't gonna happen. There's fucking pros that are broke. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for sponsorships, they'd be fucked. Like, exactly. I mean, if they didn't have, if they didn't sign sponsorships, they'd be fucked. Um, you know, we're kind of talking about the cost of, of bodybuilding, and to some listening, they say, "Well, shit, I didn't realize that." It seems like a kind of a downfall. Like, that's not where the downfall ends. All right. There, there is uh, some other things that that happen with bodybuilding, um, both on the on the men's side and especially like the female side too with the hormones and how that changes and how that changes the way their body works and, and attitudes and everything else. But then if you happen to compete and you don't finish where you want, then you have the mental fuck post show that I can't personally stand because you knew what the fuck you're getting yourself into. 
but we see it all the time. And Drew, I know it drives you nuts. Scrolling through Instagram, people being depressed. Listen, post-show, you're going to put fucking weight on. It's what happens, all right? You're not meant to be in show shape 24-7. It's not healthy. You need to put weight back on. So in terms of the downfalls of competing, Drew, you, you've, probably, you've probably experienced the mental fuck yourself too um, you know, and, and gone through it. But what do you think are some of the biggest downfalls to the sport of bodybuilding and competing in, in, in specifically competing? I'll st- I said this before in episode, I'll say it again. One thing that you need to realize too is do it for the right reason because right. there's going to be a myriad of effects that you may have go along with it. First and foremost, if you don't have a healthy relationship with food and you're cornering yourself into eating like this specific way just to do a show, that is not going to help you at all. It is going to amplify an eating disorder you may already have. You're going to be so mind fucked. And here's the thing too. People may prep for 16, 20, X amount of weeks, made multiple shows. I swear to God, this happens more than you think. People get so in a mindset of prepping for a show. After the show, in an off season, people are like, I don't know how to eat. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You could, yes, a part of it too, you get addicted to looking stage lean. You get addicted to being shredded. I'm one of those. I fucking love this being striated, having fucking veins everywhere. Realistically, it's not healthy to sustain you around. Okay. So, part two, you need to actually, you can't just go fucking hog wild after a show, have a cheat meal, enjoy a few treats, but you need to reverse diet out. That can mm. optimally set you up. If you do it correctly, that's one of the times you're most primed to grow, period. Right. Insulin sensitivity is through the roof. Your body fat's low. Your body wants to grow. Feed the machine and gradually increase your calories. Get things back up. Um, to build your metabolism back up slowly over time. You'll mitigate fat loss. You'll have a hell of good muscle gains because your body's super sensitive to it. It just wants to grow, and you'll go from there. So understand, during a prep, like I, for me at least, usually the last five to six weeks is the most brutal part. Everything fucking hurts. Everything you just feel like you're moving in slow motion, you get foggy, your joints hurt, you're just fucking everything takes like ten times as hard. You're like, fuck. I'm hot, but I, I don't feel like getting up that you're on the ceiling fan. <laughs> fuck man. Like, oh god damn it. I fell this fork fell on the floor. Fuck. You so you sit there, you stare at it for twelve seconds, hope it picks itself up. Like, ah oh, fuck it, I'll just get another one. It's just it's just not fun. You're just, you know, it, it is a mind fuck. God forbid. Um I'll tell you one thing too. If you have a significant other or people around you, yeah. if you're both prepping, good fucking lord, you better have a strong relationship. I'll tell you one thing. If you can prep together, it's cool. Oh, gosh, we're prepping together. It makes it easy. Yeah. But then you're like, can you not fucking leave seasoning on the counter after you do your chicken? It's like little shit becomes like a ridiculous thing. You're so annoyed. But then I'll tell you one thing to your brother, not to be cheesy. At the end of the day, my girl, um, Texas State Champions, I did well. She won the whole fucking show. I'll tell you one thing like that. Like, you watch the video coverage coming down the hall. You almost tear up. You're so fucking happy because you did that together. Now, that's cool. But before I sidetrack, understand your social impact, obviously, and how you feel with people. You're going to be fucking selfish. Prep is a selfish thing. I don't under, I don't expect people to accommodate for me like, oh, we made you special food or, oh, we'll leave you alone because you're in prep. No, I don't ask for that. But just understand. I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be a little grumpy, but I handle myself. Another part two, if you're going to prep, fucking own it. Don't be a whiny little bitch because, you know, it, it's annoying. So <laughs> it is. It truly is. Like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You think I'm not? I'm prepping too. Um, the other part of that. Understand certain things are going to take a hit. If you're on synthetic hormones, aka tests, whatever you need in your, in your contest stacks in our episode – you are going to have the normal health markers, especially if you abuse what you're on. You're yeah. going to have suppression of your hormone levels. You're going to have uh, various estrogen. My German Shepherd's trying to be famous. I think. Um, you're going to have issues with cortisol, especially if you're pounding a bunch yeah. of stimulants in your prep. Um, you're going to have issues with your cholesterol. I'll be honest. I've seen some scary numbers in my cholesterol, especially when you get to lower weeks of prep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you got to take things to, to protect your health. First and foremost, you're a human before your competitor. Yep. Make sure you're taking your support supplements. Keep your liver healthy. Keep your cholesterol values in check as best you can. Um, just mitigate those things. Right. If you say, oh, I'll worry about that later, that adds up over time. Prep the correct way. It is, I'm not going to lie. There's ways, no matter how you slice it, there's no way to go about have, keeping that perfect, especially because certain things you may use are going to impact that. But if you can address it and keep the damage, quote unquote, to minimal and then take time after you compete to let everything get back to normal, that's a key for longevity. Yep. Your liver enzymes, your cholesterol values, your triglycerides, um, cortisol levels, estrogen levels, test levels, all these things have to play a part and be a part of that. And before I completely hog the segment, a part two people have to understand, you're not going to feel fucking normal. No. You're going to be tired. Your training is going to fucking blow. Your pumps are going to suck. Your joints are going to hurt. All, and the thing is, too, I'll admit to in my first couple of preps, you get to the point where like, fuck, I, I hate being at the gym right now. I don't want to work out. You're just fucking dead. The, the training's not motivated. You're like, oh, okay, I got through my workout. Okay, now I'm going to mindlessly do my cardio. The diet's the easy part to me in that point. Mm -hmm. Posing, okay, great. Like fuck, you're just you're on coasting. To keep training intensely to maintain muscle, and you can if you can manage that and get fired up, the results are even better in my opinion. But it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. So even after like you get to a certain point, you get to your show, it takes a few weeks to quote unquote feel normal. But then let me tell you what, my friend, when you get to a certain point and you start feeling quote unquote normal and you like training again, you're the most motivated motherfucker ever because it's like oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna work on those wheels and build up that chest, and it just takes off. So there is repercussion. It's not a matter of dieting down, stepping on stage. You're pushing your body to be something it's not naturally supposed to be at body fat wise. Okay. So I'm gonna let you take off a segue of that, but that's the meat of it. That's the fucking raw reality of that. Yeah. And that the thing I want to take away from that as we wrap up the show here is I, I see people post pictures of the contest prep all the time and the captions are miss my shreds. Wish I still looked that way. It's not healthy either, people. Like, it's not healthy to get down to that contest level, but it's good that you guys are able to do that and girls are able to do that. But it, what's even more unhealthy than that is looking back on that and wishing you were there all the time and always saying to yourself, I miss this, I miss that. Listen, you can get back there, but rebuild yourself. Here's, here's what uh, uh, Joe Bennett told me one time, hypertrophy coach. He said, like, every time I step on, on stage, I want to be better than I was the previous time, right? So... You can look back at those pictures and instead of saying, I wish I had that, you should be saying, I can't wait to be better than that. Like, I want to bring a package that's better than what that was. Instead of reminiscing about what used to be. Like, look forward for fuck's sake. You're, if you keep looking back, you're never going to get to where you want to go. Like, you can talk, like sharks can't, can't look behind their head or can't go backwards, right? Be a fucking shark. Swim forward and don't worry about what happened in the past. Now, if you won overall in the past, great. Keep winning overall, but be better than you were last time because if you don't, Somebody is going to. Somebody is going to try harder than you, and they will become better than what they were last time. And they're better this time might be better than what you were last time. So that's my biggest takeaway. And, and as there are drawbacks to competing, and I am I'm looking to I will be competing in the spring for the first time ever. I will be stepping on stage. I haven't told anybody that, but it's right here. So I will be doing classic physique in the spring. And for me, it's like I'm doing it for – we talked about – Drew asked, like, why would you compete? It's a lot of different things that we talked about. Like, I love this sport. I love it so much. I'm, inf I'm, inf I'm fucking, like, infatuated by this whole concept of, of the sport of bodybuilding, and I want to get up there, and I want to fucking win, and I don't want to half-ass it. And Drew's telling me, like, all these things are going to hurt. You, you want to pick up a fork? Yep, I know. But I'm, I, until I actually fully experience it, I don't know, right? So <laughs> – yeah. um, but it's just – it's interesting because there are a ton of drawbacks to it, but I think the satisfaction – the satisfying it can be satisfying if you do it correctly. You prep right. You work your fucking ass off. You listen to your coach. 
you do everything right, and that day, if you bring your package that day, regardless of how you finish, hopefully you feel satisfied, but or at least happy for, what, 10 minutes through, and then you're looking ahead at the next show being like, all right, that was cool, but when's my next fucking show? Let's do it. Yep. That's exactly it. Now, the one thing I'll end with a takeaway from what you just said, he hit that exactly on the point. I don't worry about, oh, man, I wish I looked it on show day. I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome. But then again, I look at the perspective of like, hey, I always, if I post a picture like from contest prep or I throw back, I don't even use do throwback Thursday, whatever it may be. I just like, like, fuck yeah, I looked awesome that day. I'm like, hey, my best physique yet, but not my best physique ever. Right. That's the key. Yeah. Your best physique ever should be the last time you step on stage. Yep. So uh, these are topics that like we fucking love talking about. We try to condense them down to like 30, 35 minutes. But the reality is a lot of people are going to listen to this, Drew, and they're going to be like, fuck, I didn't realize there was all these costs involved. And like, and they might be a little scared. Well, if this scares you, then you're not ready to fucking compete because these, this is the reality of the situation. Take this shit seriously. Respect the sport because there are so many greats that have stepped on stage before. By not bringing your A game to, 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 to game day, like you're being disrespectful. And you're slapping those greats in the face. So, um, yeah, you might not be on the Olympia stage, but even a small local stage in a small fucking state like Missouri, it all leads up to the big stage. Like, respect everything you possibly can respect. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. We're over at the Iron Jungle Podcast on Facebook. We're going to be on iTunes and on YouTube as well. Uh, Run us a review. Subscribe. Stay up to date with this. We're going to keep this train rolling weekly on Mondays. You're going to get more and more great episodes if you have topics. Go over, to the, go over to the self-made barbell raid, email Drew, email me. We have a list of topics we want to talk about. But if there's something pressing that people really want to hear about and it's, and it's relevant, not just like what Drew used to say, like what time do I take my fucking creatine? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it and we'll enjoy talking about it. So, uh, Drew, any parting words? The last thing I have from what you said there, it's okay to be a little scared of it. But yeah. the key is don't let that determine if you truly want to do it. Don't be scared. Just be fucking respectful and be ready to work.